Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Belinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Belinska. Hi everyone, it's Caroline here. I just wanted to add this very quick note because since recording this episode, I have spoken with Matt, who is the guest on today's episode, and he'll actually be on the Influencers Summit that we have coming up. So if you haven't signed up for the Social Media Influencers Summit, make sure you sign up for that because that is going to be an absolute gem. It's got over 15 speakers, all speaking about different aspects of working with social media influencers from the aspect of being a Shopify store owner. So you being a Shopify store owner, I promise you that this is going to be the information that you can't live without. We have got 15 plus different speakers like Matt, he'll be talking about PR and we'll have other guests talking about being a brand, what it's like being a Shopify store owner and working with influencers. I've also got some amazing influencers coming on to talk about different aspects of being the influencer and having a working relationship with those influencers. And I also have app owners that will be discussing different apps, different tools that you can use as a Shopify merchant that will help you with your social media influencer campaigns, whether it be a tool to get you started or one to get you analytics There is so much great information in this summit. So make sure you sign up, head over to shopifyinfluencermarketingsummit.com or if it's easier, go over to justaskparker.com and there'll be a link in the footer saying summit. Just click there and it will take you through or also on every podcast episode on Just Ask Parker, there is actually a sign up form directly there. So don't miss out, sign up. It's 100% free to join us on the summit and you get three days worth of content given to you and it's going to be amazing. So I'm really excited. It will be held October 29th to 31st. But don't worry, if you miss those dates, there will be access to some of the free content still. So just head over, sign up and don't miss out. And now let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited today. I have got Matt Bird on the line with me. And, you know, normally I get on these calls and I think, okay, I'm going to ask some questions, but we have just had a really quick chat before we've started recording and my mind is blown and I'm super excited to have Matt here. I know that he has got so much to share. And just from our little conversation, I think that this is going to be one of the best interviews I've ever done. And I know that I say that a lot, but this one definitely is. So Matt is the CEO and founder of 1-800-PR Inc. And the company actually is a leading full-service communication marketing firm with a heavy emphasis on performance-driven public relations, content marketing, and sustainable partnerships. He has led the corporate and brand communication strategy for more than 1,000 companies and organizations, including the United Nations, Microsoft, Yahoo, Disney, Samsung, Estate Lauder, Toyota, Ford, and others. 
So I'm really excited to have him here. He's got so much to share about e-commerce. It's a large part of what he does in his business. So let's welcome Matt. And Matt, please introduce yourself. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me here, Carolyn. And, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. And I think what you're doing on the content uh, side is terrific. Uh, kudos to you. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. So tell us a little bit more about 1-800-PR and what you do. I know that you do quite a lot of different things in your business. Yeah. So 1-800 Public Relations, um, I mean, it's the full name, 1-800-PR for short, but 1-800 Public Relations, we're an on-demand, a la carte PR marketing firm. We're small, medium-sized businesses can go and access communication services without heavy, uh, large retainers or, or long-term contracts, all on-demand, all a cart, uh, and you pay as you go. Um, our platform, it's been in the works for about four years and now uh, we have over 400 clients. Um, our core business right now is, um, from a practice side, is sustainability, working with the United Nations and EU Parliament and uh, John Paul Joria, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, and, and some major influencers uh, helping uh, current large enterprise brands become more relevant in today's millennial-driven world. So um, we find creative ways to connect brands with social impact causes. And so we're pretty passionate about that. It's, it's working well for us. Fantastic. So we were talking before we got onto this recording and you have so many different things to share. So I've got quite a few questions I want to ask you, but before we go deep, let's just talk about what PR actually is and what it is these days compared to before and what it means for e-commerce stores. Public, it's a great question. So public relations is a way for businesses and high profile individuals to communicate to the media and the public. So a, a PR specialist per se finds uh, ways to communicate to target audiences directly or, or indirectly through media. That would be like TV, editorial, web, podcasts like this, and another means to create and maintain a positive image. Why is PR important to e-commerce businesses? Well, PR drives visibility, which then drives website traffic, which then drives sales. Um, on a on a more sophisticated level, it simply then positions the business owners as thought leaders to help them accelerate their business objectives. Okay, so I have a question about that because I've got quite a few store owners who actually don't want to be the front of their business. Mm-hmm. They might own a lingerie business and they're a man and they don't want to make it look like they're creepy or I've got another client of mine, she's a high-profile lawyer and she doesn't want to have any sort of other business associated to her. There's all sorts of reasons why people don't want to put themselves forward as the front of their business. Is it a, are they able to do PR without being the person that steps forward or can the business do PR? That's a really good question. And yeah, yes. So the answer to the question is yes. Um, the business itself, um, the most effective uh, PR strategies is work product of the business. And that would get down to reviews, images, collateral, and promoting the content of the business itself. Um, it, it's only important for a CEO to be visible with the business if that business owner has the desire to go raise more funds um, if they are attached to the business somehow, but the main one, the big one is, is raise, raising more capital. So, you know, a, a business owner putting out a press announcement and putting their name in a quote in, in a press release or being getting interviewed on, let's say Fox news or CNBC or a local publication. It's important because it makes them look relevant. It makes them look like a thought leader within the industry and it helps them for the most part, 
do more strategic deal flow. And a lot of times uh, it's economic driven. If that's not a need, then the focus is purely on work product and the, the product itself. And that typically would be the strategy. So how can e-commerce stores use PR in their own businesses? Okay, so how can e-commerce stores use PR in their own businesses via content? Today is a self-directed search engine world. Consumers have become very savvy with searching things before they make purchases. So for example, does a company have good have a good rating? Is there positive press on the business or the owner for that matter? Uh, do I believe in the same things that the business does? Can I find a discount coupon? I mean, these are all things that people subconsciously think about before engaging anything online, businesses via business or personal purchases. Does that make sense? Yes. And what sorts of businesses do you think work best when it comes to PR? Is there a type of business or an industry that you see working the best? You know, it's a good question. And to answer that, I would say, again, in today's content-driven world, it's amazing because everything boils down to the curation of content. And search engines and communities manifest themselves based upon keywords. So PR works well for any business if you believe that your business has market potential. Public PR today is crossed over with content marketing, which is crossed over with social, which is crossed over with editorial. The different layers of it create different layers of credibility. So when you put out a press release, for example, a press release, you could be a widget manufacturer. Well, believe it or not, there are people out there looking to buy widgets. So what do you do? You go on Google and you make a search and you pull up the top five widget manufacturers out there. Typically, you're going to make a decision based upon a couple of things. What we said before, ratings or, you know, or there's, is there a discount coupon or the manufacturing process or the things that they have. So PR works for any type of business out there. So long as the company is generating content to that specific audience and they know who their audience is. That is a very good point, and it's one that I make all the time that people need to know, e-commerce stores need to know who their audience is because if they don't know, then nothing's going to work for them when it comes to marketing. I couldn't agree more, and it's, I think a lot of business owners get caught up in, do I have enough people looking at my website? I need more traffic. Well, the mm-hmm. reality of it is, is that you're going to generate as much traffic as you have content out there to drive, that, to drive traffic back through that through that third-party content. So how big is your audience? Well, only that business owner should, should really know, knows that answer. How much of that market share they're going to win is going to depend on how proactive they are in creating content and how proactive they are in marketing. Yeah, because if someone's sitting there talking about, I don't know, um, the latest game that everyone's playing on, the, we were discussing it before we got on the recording, the people that are playing these games on YouTube and showing them, it doesn't matter how much that they try to get me to their website, they're never going to get me there because at the end of the day, I'm not interested in it. So it's really about getting the right people, not just the number of people. Yeah. And at the right time. And you know what the interesting thing about today's kind of content instant, you know, iPhone type of world is everything is on demand. Everything's immediate. Everything's right now. And buyers, and we'll talk about customers as buyers or consumers, they know exactly what they're looking for in real time. And the search engines know it too. And that's how contextual marketing plays a really important part. The content that's being created on a PR side for an e-commerce business needs to be crafted in a way to where when somebody's searching for something like a, a linen shirt, that they come up and they don't just come up 
or do you want to tackle the keyword linen shirt through the entire United States? Or do you want to tackle linen shirt within New York City or in Skokie, Illinois? And you have a higher likelihood if you target locally and target your business. If, if you're a local, a local commerce business, you customize your keywords, you customize um, your SKUs so that those, those searches, when people are searching, it comes up on a local search versus it comes up a national search because then you're not competing with the national retailers and, and national commerce platforms like you know Macy's and, and Walmart and, and Target and, and Amazon and uh, Craigslist. I mean, those are really, really tough, tough commerce platforms to, to out SEO online, but you can do it locally. And so I think from a sector perspective, I mean, it's really kind of boils down to content that's being created for local SKUs and then relying on the platforms like Google and Craigslist and everything else. The users that are using that are typing keywords to dial up exactly what they need. And then you just need to be present. Yeah, it's great advice because it's so true. So many people come to me and they say, oh, okay, now I want to target the whole world straight away. And I'm like, whoa, let's just do one section at a time because you're trying to get your message out to everyone. Let's just try to stick with, especially my clients that are in the UK. And then they're saying, oh, but I want to do the UK and I want to do the US at the same time. And I'm like, come on, just let's just try to target one area at a time. Otherwise, you're just diluting your whole message across the world. You know what? I got to tell you, that is that is such a great example of what a lot of business owners and everybody, how everybody feels about their business is that they have got this vision and a dream in their head that they're going to dominate a market and they're going to make money and be able to retire off of, of building their platform. And if they do it well enough, they will, or they certainly have the capability of, of getting there. One of the big mistakes that are made along the way when it comes to commerce platforms, and I'm going to use it not even on the transactional level, on the lead generation level. I'm going to give you a, a very specific example, like mortgage companies. There's a lot of refinance, a lot of mortgage companies out there that are trying to target people looking to refinance their homes. The reality of it is a vast majority of them cannot handle national homeowners. Big mistake that a lot of these mortgage companies make is that they buy keywords like mortgage or refinance, (laughs) but they're only licensed in the state of California. So what's happening is that they're bleeding out their budget through the whole country, getting all these leads because they've tackled this massive keyword, which is mortgage, which Google, you know, blasts out to everybody typing in the word mortgage, whether you're in New York or Alabama or 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 in the UK when the reality of it, the keyword they should have bought was California Mortgage Company, right? Yeah. A San Francisco refinance. And look at the local aspects of that and realize that even though you want to be a leader in the industry, you need to be a leader in your addressable market. And that has to do with scaling back these big ambitions and dreams and tackling the market that you, the addressable market you have now and then expand when you're ready to expand. But be aware that this is where your platform and why you drive so much value to the people that you work with is it's little things like this that keep business owners from making these costly early stage mistakes, preventing them from going, I'm never going to do this again. Mm. When the reality of it is it's a, it's a process of failure and you want to fail as, as quickly as you can at your marketing and, and your PR and your communication efforts to figure out what works. And there's a cost to it. And the best thing to do is you have somebody holding your hand along the way saying, hey, 
watch out for that road bump or that pothole because it will swallow your tire <laughs> and your car is going to be out of commission completely if you go down that road. It's really important for them to understand that because that's, there's a lot of times those are marketing campaigns that they just can't recover from. And it's as simple as a keyword. Oh, yeah. And another good example would be doing your whole publicity around free shipping and because you're doing free shipping in the UK, for instance, but when you go into the US market, you're charging $25 for shipping. It doesn't stand a chance against all the other companies that can get free shipping. So why not stick to the market where you're able to give that extra benefit of free shipping rather than trying to do the whole of the world? And no one's buying from the other countries anyway because they're not buying your product if they're going to have to pay for shipping if they can get it for no shipping from another company. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's yeah. uh, it's uh, be be an expert in, in your local market, and when you when you have the resources and you have the team to scale, then you start looking at outside markets. If you win business, you know, just because you're good at creating content, you're good at your marketing efforts, and you you've got a good reputation, and, and people in other markets find their way there. Great, of but to augment your and cannibalize your core market with this aspiration to get into a bigger market, it's a, it's a mistake a lot, a lot of, a lot of commerce platforms and a lot of businesses make. And so what are your favorite PR campaigns that you've been seeing with e-commerce stores? Have you seen anything interesting or something fun or something crazy? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, these are things that everybody deals with on a daily basis. And it's just, you know, you know, over the years I've worked with over a thousand companies. In fact, my last couple, we had 4,000, 4,000 companies as clients. Um, the big one, and this is the thing that everybody defaults to immediately with the business, email marketing. So we all have this, you just kind of like, when you think of email marketing, you're like, oh, email marketing, spam and everything else. Well, believe it or not, there's a way to do email marketing where it doesn't feel like spam. Where when somebody gets you their e- your email, they actually appreciate it and they don't unsubscribe to it. And it's the difference between soliciting and providing an alert notification on a special or something that may be of value. And I think a couple of retailers that do this really well would be, um, I'll give you a couple examples, would be Banana Republic or Macy's. If you're signed up for Banana Republic, we all know, and nobody, I, I, I'd be willing, but they have the lowest opt-out rate in the world. Because every time I get an email from them, it's when they have their 30% off sale. Now, I don't unsubscribe because I know I shop at Banana Republic from time to time and, and I have bought off of those uh, notifications. They come out once a quarter and I wait for them and I might not do it now, but I might do it tomorrow. If you're a commerce platform, you provide flowers, whatever it may be. My recommendation is don't inundate the market with just, you know, all this thought leadership concepts that you may have, even though that's where a lot of the thought process is, is be very tactful on and mindful of when I send out an email about my offer or about my commerce platform and what I'm offering my commerce platform, is it, is it, is it going to resonate with the person on the other side knowing that they weren't expecting it coming in? So the one thing that people do look for is cost savings all the time. And so when email marketing campaigns, I love email marketing campaigns that are alert notifications on sales. Um, the second one is uh, macro reporting. We'll call it news flow, press releases on, on companies' milestones. If I got an email or if I heard about a company that I never heard before but does has a great product, the first thing I do 
as I look them up and I'll look up their ratings and I'll look up the reviews. And if I see a negative review, the one thing I want to know is did the company respond and address that negative review? That means more to me than anything else because somebody got a one star rating, let's say in Yelp and that business owner does not take the time to go, I'm so sorry that that happened. What can I do to fix it? I want you to know, and I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. That builds such trust and credibility with me that that business owner realizes that mistakes happen and I'm here to fix them and I'm not running away from it and I'm not trying to shy away from my product. I'm trying to improve it. So staying up to date with your ratings uh, and addressing your dissatisfied customers is probably the most credible thing an e-commerce platform can do. Yeah, that's so true. A lot of people say to me that they're scared of their reviews because they're scared people will leave a negative review. But like you said, a lot of the times it's how it's dealt with that, you know, if it's not dealt with properly, that becomes the issue. Well, it's like, it's, we've all, we've all heard, I'm sorry, right? Oh, I'm sorry that happened. But there's a big difference between I'm the word I'm sorry and the big difference between hey I'm sorry we should have put more thought process into um, the notification that this could take five to seven days you know even though you booked it for three days and uh, we will give you a credit next time and you then change you you change and fix the problem versus just ignoring it and hoping the next person doesn't complain about it and acknowledging where the mistake is made and trying to fix it. It means the world to, to, to customers. It's just those little things. And it's all transparent today online. So getting back to that, we are a dial-up, contextual, content-driven world. Customers will find you if the content's out there. And if they find negative content, you need to address that negative content. And the content you do put out there, let's make sure it's productive content, right? Something that adds value to their day, that informs them of something they didn't know before, and, but also being mindful of what it is that people want and expect from day to day. So that's actually um, a good point. I didn't think of that until just now talking about it. But I guess if you do have something really bad happen, you know, something gets delivered three days later than they expected, that's nothing. But let's say, for instance, there was a real error with an item and it, I don't know, blew up, for example. There was that huge thing recently that there's been a lot of those, um, some sort of shaker, fizz drink things being blowing up in people's faces and some people have actually died from it. So that's really serious. But there's always things like that that can happen with people's items or, you know, the pair of jeans, they were all damaged the whole order. So that's a really good time for someone to go and get PR, isn't it? If they are in that situation of, you know, in damage mode. Um. You know, Caroline, yes. Yes and no. So um, I am going to give you the antidote to that because uh, I think everyone wants to hear what do you do in that situation? And we've all, we've all seen it. So a PR firm, if you were to talk to someone like me, it's about strategy, the the way, how do we go about fixing that problem? And in in larger organizations, it's a much more complex issue. As an e-commerce platform, you own it. And I think if we were to look at a gold standard, we should look at Nordstrom's as a commerce platform as the gold standard. If you have a dissatisfied customer and you want to keep customers, you want to keep your credibility, you replace it. And you have no questions asked. The customer is always right. And that, that is a rule you can't go wrong by. And if you truly believe that and you want the customers to be happy, sometimes you may take a hit from time to time because the product... Um, 
you made a mistake. You maybe made a buying mistake. You made a, a you made a, a tactical mistake. You made a guarantee error that you couldn't fulfill. But then you have to own up to it and, and fix it. And then you use that as an opportunity to make an announcement that you that the company has changed its stance on how it does something or how that problem has been fixed. And with a little bit of luck, um, with news distribution, the way it goes out with news wires, it get picked up by the local media. So for wherever it comes from, if you if you live in Denver, Colorado, the local news reporter will be like, you know, this is a great story from this lo- local business owner. Let's feature how this business owner solved this problem. And you'll believe it or not, more times than not, you'll get pickup from your local press by you fixing something that you could have easily ignored because you don't know who they are. It's, it's a commerce drop shipment type of organization, business or, or whatnot. You can turn that mistake into opportunity. Fantastic. So it all comes down to fixing the problem and not trying to hide away from it. You got it. You got it. That's it. So what are some other angles if there's people listening thinking, well, I don't have any angle to come at for PR. What are some good angles for um, e-commerce stores? So, and the listeners out there, so you know, uh, Caroline gave me some questions before we, uh, before we got on here. And this was one of the questions and I had thought about this and it took me a little while to think about it because uh, what are good angles? And so and this is such a good question. And I think in most small businesses, I don't think there are angles. I think they just need to be present and I think they need to focus on their work product. So if you're a pizza store or if you provide, you know, boxed food or fashion, the best PR strategy you have is focus in on your reviews, be proactive with your customers and make sure that you put out news monthly to report on those milestones. It's more businesses. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say probably 99% of businesses miss their PR opportunity because they just don't have the time and they'll get to it later. And then the time passes and that news becomes old news. It's like, Oh shoot, I should have put a press release out on that. So things you're typically a small business or a commerce platforms work product. And I mean that their day-to-day productivity should be their PR strategy. And that would be, you hire a new employee, you have a new, uh, a new line, you got a review, you post the review on your blog and you recycle that review. You use what you do day to day, the things that you're good at as your PR strategy because people want to, in today's millennial driven world, people want to do business with businesses that are authentic. And the only way that you're authentic is your work and what you stand for. And by putting out your work as your communication strategy, this is what I believe in and this is how we work and this is what we do. Other people will be attracted to, to that because they believe the same thing. Apple became the biggest corporation in the world with only 6% market share. You want to talk about a PR strategy. This is really interesting. So Microsoft owned 95%, Linux owned roughly 5%. Then Apple, which was nearly bankrupt. Jobs, Steve Jobs came back, overhauled everything, came out with the iPhone, the iPad, the iPod. And we all remember those commercials, the Microsoft. Uh, I'm, in that, I'm a Apple. Yeah. You one. got it. Yeah. And, and the Apple, the Apple would be like, what's wrong windows. Oh, I'm sick. I got a virus. Oh, I don't get viruses. Um, do you need something for that? Maybe I can get you some medicine. No, no, I, I, there's no, there's, there's nothing that can solve this problem, <laughs> you know, so and so forth. And at the end of those commercials, it was really unexpected because you expect to hear uh, a sales pitch. You expect to hear a price. You expect to hear a promotion. 
Apple never did that, never told you to buy an Apple. What they would say is, we believe in computers that don't get viruses. We believe in unprecedented, unprecedented you know, processing power. We believe in style. If you believe in the same thing, Apple. And what was amazing is, is that 6% of the market believed in the same thing that they did. And then they, those people paid five times more for a Mac computer uh, and an iPhone and all of those devices than they could get on the Windows device because they wanted to identify and they wanted quality versus quantity. They wanted to be, they wanted the belief system. You know, Simon Sinek, uh, he's a big famous motivational speaker out there. Mm. He talks about being authentic. And one of my favorite sayings that he says is, he goes, you know, you're looking at, you look at Apple, you've never seen a dirty Mac before, right? You've seen dirty PCs, never seen a dirty Mac. You've never seen somebody cover up that Apple symbol with a, with a sticker, right? You've mm. seen people cover up the Windows <laughs> sticker, you know, symbol on the back of a Windows computer, but you've never seen everybody cover up that Apple. Because that's who they are, that's who they identify with. And that has to do a lot with their communication strategy, being authentic. We believe in unprecedented computing power. We believe in style. We believe in no viruses. So you're speaking to a specific audience. And being authentic, like, and again, not my words, like yeah, a tattoo. You've seen people wear Harley Davidson tattoos, right? They yeah. wear them proud. It means something. Harley Davidson ain't seen no Procter & Gamble on somebody's arm, yeah. right? <laughs> So, um, and these aren't my words, um, but I, these are things that have resonated with me. And I think about when, during my own strategy meetings, um, what I do with brands and it rings so true. And so from a commerce business, when you're looking at your angle, be authentic, be who, you know, you are as a commerce business and communicate what you believe in and communicate the small little things because people want to see, you know, David win, right? We Goliath, we all know Goliath can hit harder, but we want to see this. We want to see the emerging growth business win. And that's where innovation comes from. So the best advice that I could give is be authentic with your angles, which in and report on your work product. Fantastic. Yeah. I think the way you worded that made me think about things a little bit differently as well. So really good advice there. And you mentioned before about testimonials, the review. So yeah taking that review and making something out of that. Can you let, because this is a big thing for e-commerce store owners, you know, I talk about get as many reviews as you can. So what would you recommend that they do with those? When I was early in my career and I started off in advertising and in promotions, I had a, anybody who's ever been in sales has gone through this process of trying to figure out your best angle to pitch or to sell, Right. And you talk to a lot of people, you put out a lot of proposals and you do a lot of things. And in this case, people might search a commerce website. Um, when it comes to reviews, I'm going to give the same advice as someone gave me when it came to how I became better at what I do in business development, which is simply ask for the review. And it's a big thing. Hey, Kate, you know, uh, do you want to take a, can I get a picture with you? If you see a celebrity and you ask that celebrity for a selfie, sure, why not? If you don't ask, you're not going to get it. Very rarely will people go out of their way to write a positive review about something that they already expect to be good. So I think the statistic, and I'm going to give you, and, and it could be, could be off in this, only one out of 10 people will take the time to go out and write a positive review about their experience because that positive experience is what they expect to begin with. Yeah. So if you deliver exactly what they expect, 
then they're going to become a repeat client, but they're not going to go out of their way to write a positive review unless it's extraordinary or unless, uh, unless they're asked and, and, and then, and, and literally ask the point, could you, would you do that for me? And if they say, uh, well, I'm just, I really appreciate, would you do that for me? Yes, I'll do that. And, and of those people, maybe one third of those people might actually write the review, right? Um, the flip side of that is eight out of 10 people will write a negative review if they have a bad experience on, on what they expected. So if a business isn't proactive about re- requesting and asking for reviews, um, just think about when you call your bank or if you call Apple or you call any of the stores, uh, the first thing they ask is, or even when you, if you booked it, if you, <laughs> my favorite's United Airlines. Before I'm, I'm transferred, and I fly on United a lot, before you, I transferred United, would you like to go through our customer service review at the end of this call, press one or press two? Yes. Yeah. Constantly asking me if I would put a review out there. And for a, for a commerce business, those reviews are priceless because people make determinations whether or not they're going to buy from this business that has 50 reviews with a four star rating versus a business that has two reviews with a five star rating. Cause we all know grandpa and grandma and uncle and my brother wrote those four reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, sum it up, ask, ask for the review. Fantastic. No, that's, it's, I'm glad that you're saying it because it's the same thing that I say. And I think a lot of people think, oh yeah, but that part's not that important. I'll move on to the next part, but you're just making it more clear to people that these are the things that matter without these areas. The fa- I call them the foundational parts of your e-commerce business. If you don't have the foundation, right, then nothing else is going to work. You can go and spend $10,000 on you know, PR and being on television and all of that. But if someone comes to your website and they don't see good reviews and they only see, like you said, four reviews, then the likelihood of them buying is probably low anyway. Yeah, let's be specific on this. So a business owner is like, oh, I got a five-star review um, and you got four, four ratings. Somebody making a purchase, they're thinking what's going through their mind is, do I buy from this person or do I buy from somebody else? And they're going to look at the number of reviews and the number of ratings from their competitor. If their competitor has got 40 or 50, I mean, even look at what you do um, when, when you buy anything online. I mean, anything today online. When you download apps, how many positive reviews does that app have? You know, which, which microphone app do I download? Well, you download the one that has the most reviews, right? This one has 10,000, so this must be the best. Even if it's free, yeah, we still do that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, reviews uh, are really important. And to go with that is, you know, Instagram, social posts, being proactive, you know, all those things on the content generation side go to supporting the, the digital footprint. Because make no mistake, an e-commerce company is a digital organization. And you, the only source of reference you have are digital reviews. Mm. There's no customer to go in, hey, what do you think about that next to you? Oh, I've had that, I had that Apple computer before, or I've had that device. You can't ask somebody next to you inside a retail store on, on, on an e-commerce platform. The only thing you have, the only benchmark you have are, are to read the reviews and look at the ratings. Yeah, so true. And what do you see the opportunities in PR for the future? How do you see it changing over the next couple of years and, you know, this year and next year? Mm. 
You know, I, I think I want to, I think about that all the time. Uh, I think um, the entire industry is thinking about that. Uh, so um, being, um, being authentic to myself, I, I, uh, I believe that uh, businesses that, that do good while making money um, are going to be, is, is the next wave of communication. So social impact, uh, socially minded organizations. And this is not charity I'm talking about. This is um, organizations that are doing, using their resources to do good. And an example of this would be, let's say you're, um, you're a fashion brand and you've got excess. You did an overrun. You can't sell it. It's just sitting in boxes. Take that extra inventory find a social impact, find some nonprofit initiative and use that opportunity to show the community, make an announcement that you'll be donating that clothes, make it photographers down there while you're handing this stuff out, post those on Instagram about how you've been giving away that excess inventory and make an impact. Giving money doesn't equal impact. Actually helping people, physically helping people with your resources is making an impact. And I believe that is going to be the future of communications. That's the future of public relations. Um, that is the most powerful kind of content that you're going to find out there, which is a business owner going, I have all this pizza going out. <laughs> that's going, I have pepperoni that's going to go bad. You know what? Maybe we should do a, you know, a, a festival and, and just make pizzas for the entire community because otherwise it's just going to go bad or something along those lines. But delivering somebody an actual something tangible not just giving away for free, not just, you know, oh, here it is to, to Salvation Army, but be proactive in the distribution of that stuff because that, that is the communication. I believe that's going to be the communication strategy of the future, which is social and impact. I love that idea. I really do because I do hear that from a lot of people that they start a new business, they haven't made any profit yet whatsoever, and they start talking about 10% of my profit's going to go towards this charity. And I'm always like, mm, I, I was brought up in the business world of don't give away your money until you actually make enough money to give it away. And I think what you're saying is exactly right. You've got that leftover stock anyway, or you've got something that you can't sell or for whatever reason, do something good with that. Yeah. And let's, from an economic standpoint, let's solve this problem for all the listeners. If your idea is to give away 10% of your profit to charity why don't you buy your own inventory and give away 10% of your shirts or whatever inventory you have and then hand that out to people physically so that they actually get the actual end product and they get what they need. Because truthfully, at the end of the day, the biggest help that they can do is as a business to be relevant is to make sure that if you can't give away your product, you certainly can't sell it. So putting shirts on people's back, giving people the actual food and servicing them is not only the right thing to do, but it is a communication strategy within itself to let the rest of the world know what it is that you believe in and that you're making an impact. And that kind of messaging goes much further than any you know, interview on CNBC or any article in the Wall Street Journal or New York Times because that's stuff that goes viral. Hey, my local company just gave out all these shirts and everything else. And you know, then you use that with Instagram. And it's not to be opportunistic. It's to have an impact, right? Well, everyone, you just heard that from Matt directly, that there is a strategy that's going to be better than doing all of these other traditional PR things that we all talk about. So 
there's definitely a strategy people can use. And most businesses, I don't think of any e-commerce stores that can't do something along those lines. So that's great advice and a great strategy. I think so. I think so. It's way, listen, it's working really well for the United Nations and sustainable development goals. Um, and that's doing it on a global scale. And there's 550 million millennials that do nothing but buy from, from organizations that support the UN SDGs. That should say something because they can identify with there's people that are in need. And the one thing that everybody knows for sure is that a shirt is a shirt. Cash isn't necessarily tangible because they, they can't see it. They can't touch it. They don't know if it's actually going to help people. But if, if you take your product or you take your influence of the, your goods and services and you distribute those, that's impact. Cash is an impact. Fantastic. Yeah, I can talk a whole lot about that. I do a lot of charity work I have over the years. So I definitely agree with that. I, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of things out there when you give money over to a charity. And I think giving over your product, I think, does a lot more for the community. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, Matt, that has been amazing. You have given us so much advice, but I know that there'll be a lot of people out there that want to know more about how you could help them because you actually will sit down with the company and work on their strategy, their PR strategy, come up with a strategy for them and work with them and take them through all those steps and do whatever they need to do in their business for PR. So can you tell everyone how they can find you and what you can do to help them? Carolyn, thank you for the great, the great words. Um, we have a whole team of people that are on demand uh, here at 1-800-PR. You can visit us at 1800PR.com. Feel free to give us a call or submit a request and, and someone will get back to you. We work with all kinds of businesses from a strategy to a la carte and on-demand PR. So we look forward to hearing from you. Obviously, if you're a Shopify organization, Caroline uh, has some great strategies and we would be working with her and, and feel free. We can plug and play with her as you go. So happy to help any way we can. Fantastic. So anyone listening, if you head over to justaskparker.com slash podcast, all of the show notes are there. So there's links to Matt's website there as well. So you can find all the information there as well. So Matt, you have been absolutely wonderful. You have given some absolute gem pieces of advice for people who need help with their PR. So that has been fantastic. Thank you so much. And I look forward to continuing our work a relationship and you know, seeing how this grows and especially with the world, how it's all changing and PR changing. I think that it's very exciting times for us these days. I do too. I do too. And thanks, thanks you so much for the time and I look forward to the next one. Wonderful. Thanks, Matt. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a good day. Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.